Welcome to another edition of Best Bet Corner, a Sunbet production. I'm your host, Harry Gagnon. You can always read my other sport betting articles and opinions at bestbetcorner.com and at extrapoints.com on the Extra Points Podcast Network, where you can find me, my pal, and other host of Best Bet Corner, Darren the Parlay Kid, and his brother, Brother Bry, as we've Form the Degenerate Trifecta on Cousin Sal's Against All Odds podcast. You can catch that every single week. We don't miss a week. We give out picks every day on Extra Points. I do videos. Sometimes I try to be funny, I guess. Uh, but uh, but it's all good. Check us all out on ExtraPoints.com, BestBetCorner.com. Uh, with everything, all our picks and everything. It's been fantastic so far. And listen, Darren, Darren the Parlay Kid is here with me as always. Darren, thanks for joining um, and we have a little bit of a fun. We're going to have a lot of fun today because we have a special guest that we'll bring in doing in a second. But before we do, how are you doing, D? Harry, I'm doing great. And by the way, Harry, you don't have to try to make those videos funny. They're just funny. They're, <laughs> hey, just boy. They, but Harry, you, you seem a little nervous. Maybe our our, our guest has you rattle. I know. I, I you don't have to. I don't you know. Don't, maybe you don't have to. Come on. It's. I know he's big time, but. You don't have He's to. He's big time. I, Listen, I, I the, know. The, you know, I know. host of Titus and Tate, host of Pushing Through podcast with uh, ex NBA great BJ Armstrong. Listen, ex uh, old AAO producer, moved on to bigger and better things. Tate, the great Fraser. Tate, what's up, man? We miss you, buddy. Oh, Harry, I miss you so much. Uh, I'll, I'll say it for the people at home. Good one, Harry. What a great <laughs> introduction. Uh, I enjoyed every bit of that. I'm so happy to be on the air with you guys again. And like you said, we uh, I remember it was about 2016. Uh, Cousin Sal, who is, uh, you know, you talk about actually famous and big time. He is mm. he is the most famous and big time I, I could ever have imagined him to be on TV last night on Jimmy Kimmel Live. We'll get to that later, I'm sure. But uh, yeah, just, just being back with you guys and uh, the first time I heard about Sal's show and adding in the d- d- degenerate trifecta, uh, I had no idea what that was going to look like, guys. And uh, it was one of the best things that happened in my life. I miss being on the show with you, but I obviously keep up. And uh, Harry, I know a lot of people say this in show business. They say insert person is the hardest working person in show business. There is nobody working harder than you. Wow. I, I don't know how you, I don't know how you do this many videos. I don't know how you make this many picks. <laughs> I, I, I'm uh, sure, but I enjoy them all. I appreciate, it. and I'm sure Sal would disagree with you 100. <laughs> percent That's a slam dunk bet for him. But anyways, yeah, thank you, Tate. It's it's been fun. This has been great. I mean, it's it, to, to be able to work with Sal and Parlay Kid and Brother Bro every week doing this, and when you were there, Tate too, and also Jim Cunningham's been fantastic. But meanwhile, oh yeah, it just it's been so much fun and everything. But I do want to mention that at least though. When you were the producer, we were nominated for an award. Not we haven't got that yet with Jim yet. We haven't got that far. Yeah, I will say Jim. Jim's probably uh, not as bubbly and as warm as uh, as I may have been back then. Uh, back in my greener days of being so kind to people, Jim is a uh, Jim is a hilarious, curmudgeon character. But he is also you talk about people that I miss. Uh, I obviously miss you guys. I miss the trifecta. I miss Sal. Um, I miss Jim just commiserating about life. Yeah, uh, and hearing him <laughs> complain about everything. That is uh, it's, it's great. That it that really is one of is my great. favorite things in the world. Yeah. yeah. It's the best. <laughs> well, listen, Tate, I mean, I know it's been obviously a tough, tough 2020. We're into 2021. We've got NCAA basketball. We've got a schedule for the tournament, too. Um, yep. Before we get to the tournament, just I'd like to know, me and Parley Kid both would like to know your feelings of the basketball <laughs> season so far, the good, the bad. What I mean, no, listen, we've had tons and tons of uh, games canceled and postponed and teams yep. having to play back-to-back days and back-to-back arenas uh, and arenas, uh, you know, it, even sometimes – in some of these smaller leagues, I brought this up uh, before last week with uh, me and the Parlay Kid. We're talking the Horizon League, for example. They're playing some games that are like four. They're playing teams four times in a season, if not more. Yep. So just to, because yep. of uh, traveling purposes and everything. But you know, since with all that happening, how have you taken the season in? 
Uh, well, Harry, I'll give you a, a personal uh, big picture kind of outlook on college basketball, just from the standpoint of myself. Last year in January 2020, uh, you know, I think everyone hit 2020 with the same outlook, you know, new decade, new me, 2020 vision, you know, everything's going to be great mm-hmm. and swell. Uh, Titus and I signed with Fox Sports uh, for video purposes of our podcast. You know, we had launched it at the end of 2019 at the Maui Invitational. Uh, in our heads, we're thinking, all right, this is going to be you know, March Madness, we're blowing up the show. It's going to be great. Of course, the pandemic hits. We remember the Rudy Gobert moment. And since then, college basketball, Harry, uh, in case you haven't seen, it has been an absolute shit show. Mm. Uh, it has been mm. uh, people, pe- yeah, people moving games, people trying to figure out uh, if we will have March Madness, if we won't have March Madness, the NCAA lost 50% of its uh, of its annual revenue last wow. year, obviously. So there's a lot of people trying to figure out what that looks like and what the fallout will be. But from the basketball standpoint, Titus and I, uh, we went back to the Maui Invitational, which this year happened to be in Asheville, which I think that pretty much sums up what college <laughs> basketball has been this year. Yeah. You know, yeah. like the, that is that is as weird. Uh, what is as that? For, what is that? Forty five oh, five thousand miles away. Yeah, about 5,000 yeah. miles, and obviously the time zones are way off. Uh, but Asheville was a great place, and, you know, we, we went down there. My production company, you know, we produced the the content around the Maui Invitational figures, so we're, we're doing that sort of stuff. We're getting tested every single day. So that bubble experience at the Asheville wow. Maui Invitational kind of, you know, got Titus and I into the idea of, look, College basketball can figure this out. You know, this was really well run. There was a lot of good teams here. If you look back, Stanford was in that tournament. North Carolina, Texas, Mm -hmm. Alabama. Like, there was a lot of top teams right now that we saw that week. Um, But from there, as we got around Christmas, it was was a complete... You know, you know, you got programs with Rick Pitino right at Iona. I think this sure. is now the third time that Rick Pitino has had to shut down because of COVID yeah. protocol, mm-hmm. um, and I think it, and I think it's the second time that he's had COVID. Yeah. So you know. I mean, Iona is a staple, you know, like, you know, Jimmy Valvano, Jimmy V obviously coached at Iona. Iona has a history. Uh, you guys know this being, you know, oh, yeah. from where you're from. Um, but but their, you know, their season is basically a wash. So in college basketball, you're trying to figure out who is playing, who is actually in the fold. And from there, I think what we've learned, uh, you know, PK and Harry, is that, you know, the ringer taught me this terminology. I think everyone at the ringer, you know, the writers, they they will always say this phrase. And I know Bill loves to say this. You know, everyone is zigging, so I'm going to zag. You know, that's what everyone likes to say. And in college basketball, uh, I think we came into the year and everyone wanted to, you know, find a blue blood to kind of to, to, to jump on, whether it be Kansas or, you know, sure. Villanova or, you know, some people even, you know, kind of bought into the Baylor hype. But everyone is zigging, Harry, and this is the year of the Zags. This is the year nice. of Gonzaga. Yeah. Uh, this is the year that they win the championship. This is the year that they finally do it for Mark Few. And I think the most unfortunate part is this should be a year that, you know, we're focused on how great this team is. But with COVID and all the other outside, you know, influences that are going on, we're not talking enough about how great this team is. Yeah. So that that's that's my summation of the season I mean, so far. It's like we have one great team and we can't even wow. enjoy them. Not only is it a great team, guys, I mean the- this is a team that's uh, you know, 80, 85 points or more. And I know, I tell you, I know 85 points or more they've scored in 14 of their 15 games. High octane, yes. octane offense at all times. Corey Kispert has been unbelievable. He, he's shooting 49% from three point range. My God. Yeah. yeah. Insane. And the team itself, Insane. 55% from the field as a team in college ball. That is insane. Hey Harry, I was uh, I was very insane. fortunate that uh, when we were making our picks for AAO, I had reached out to Tate the night before and I said, "Who am I going with this year uh, uh, to win the championship?" You know, I, I let you know gave him some odds and uh, Tate responded yep. back immediately, say, "Take the Zags at nine to one while they're nine to one," and that's what we did. And uh, I'm probably gonna end up looking like a genius. But would, would Tate be feeling this way if UNC was 15-0? Everything would be <laughs> right. hunky-dory right now if uh, <laughs> if UNC was running the table. Uh, hey, UNC, yeah, UNC's hot lately, right, Tate? Yeah, UNC won five of the last six. When you said the stat about Gonzaga scoring over 85 in 14 of the 15 games, it made me laugh because North Carolina has scored over 85 points only once this season. So I think mm. that puts into context just how great uh, this Gonzaga <laughs> team has been. Uh, Carolina, like I said, won six out of the last seven, beat Pittsburgh at Pittsburgh last night. Justin Champagny, if you haven't seen him, guys, he is yeah. uh, 
He is he kind of reminds me of Brandon Clark, who was at Gonzaga a couple years ago. Mm-hmm. Uh, but he's going to be the ACC Player of the Year. He is a uh, high motor kind of guy. He obviously takes a lot of the stuff personally. You know, he said that he was a kid that you know wanted to from Brooklyn originally. Mm-hmm. Uh, you know, wanted to play at a big blue blood school. Did not get recruited like that. Was a three star guy. So North Carolina, uh, you know, went and battled against him. He had a great game, but they won in a tough game. That's probably the best win I've seen him have all yep. season. Uh, so that was nice. Uh, and then it's just as far as like the ACC in general, guys, it is an yeah. absolute uh, mess. You know, there were there was a time when I thought NC State could be the best team in the ACC. Uh, Florida State is probably the hottest team in the ACC right now. Virginia is undefeated in the ACC right now. Uh, Georgia Tech has had some strange upsets. Virginia Tech has had some really big wins this season. Yep. Obviously, they beat Villanova earlier in the year. Um, so the ACC is is kind of a crapshoot right now. It's been well, fun to I'm, watch. I'm thrilled, and, and keep Tate, up that with. there was one team in the ACC you didn't mention. And that, that that's that's a good thing for me, a bad thing for Harry, uh, as far as we can. With, with, uh, with Sy- Syracuse is a, it's a tough it's a tough squad. You know what it, you know what it is? It's, look, they can't shoot threes. They're a terrible yep. shooting three point team, and they can't put two games back together well, uh, together that are outstanding. I mean, they did have a nice win on Saturday, but then they came back and uh, and got steamrolled by Virginia, which was no secret that that was going to happen. But but you know, take yep. I mean. For ACC odds for the regular season winner, obviously Virginia at minus two forty is uh, the, the favorite at seven and zero. Look, uh, Tony Bennett's been fantastic, obviously there um, at seven and zero, and Florida State sitting at five and one. Virginia Tech five and two, Louisville five and two. Uh, Florida State's plus mm-hmm. two sixty to win the ACC. Can they win the regular season crown in the ACC? Florida State, yeah. I uh, I think definitely, and I think if you were to ask me uh, to make a pick right now today, why you know who I think of the ACC is going to win, I would say Florida State. And the reason I would say why is just look at the schedule. They have a nice head-to-head matchup with Virginia mm. on the fifteenth, I believe, February fifteenth. So that's a game to kind of circle to sort of see what the ACC landscape will look like. Virginia has some tough games coming up. I, you know, I, I know that they own North Carolina, so I'm not saying that that's going to be a win uh, for for the Tar Heels, but it will be a tough game just because mm-hmm. of uh, you know the history there a little bit. And uh, Leonard Hamilton's team is able to kind of cruise. Uh, to the end of the year. They have a lot of confidence uh, within that group. Raekwon Gray is a name that I think a lot of people okay. may not know on this team. He is uh, He's a junior. He reminds me of Zion Williamson. <laughs> um, mm. And I say that uh, not not like, you know, he's, you know, this superior athletic force that is Zion Williamson, but he is a he's a big, you know, low center of gravity kid that, you know, has a, a great sense of touch and is able to sort of play a point forward type role for them. He's like 6'7 mm-hmm. guy. Um, so I, I like the pieces on Florida State. I like yeah. Scotty Barnes. I like Bossa. And there's still uh, the about, 10, they have from about, Serbia. Ten, about 10 games left in conference play, too. So there's plenty of time, right? Yep. Plenty of time. Plenty of time. You're North Carolina. I'm looking at, at schedules. I'm, your UNC is the third favorite at 10 to 1 ahead of Virginia Tech and ahead of Louisville. And I, I'm not really shocked by that, but I will say I think North Carolina is going to have, uh, you know, a couple games where they slip back up and return to the mean, if that makes any sense. I, uh, I'm i excited that they won six out of seven. The one loss in there was to Florida State, though. Mm-hmm. Um, and I think Florida State kind of showed me in that game that they were the class of the ACC. Um, so I know it's not the best value there, Harry, but if I had to take someone, it wouldn't be the Wahoos. It would wow. definitely be the Seminoles. Not very nice at plus two six. You know, the Big Ten came out with their odds uh, to Tate. Now, Michigan is a favorite at minus 140. Parlay kids, yeah. also Iowa, I, 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 against all odds, I gave out Iowa uh, to win the national championship when they were like 13 to one. They're plus 155 to win the regular season title in the Big Ten. Wisconsin's at plus 550. Sal gave out a team, gave out the Illini at 10 to 1 who's been a little bit disappointing I think this year and uh tight yep. and Titus's uh Ohio State is 25 to win the win the Big 10 conference now Michigan has been rolling teams Tate we I mean they're only lost in conference at Minnesota and that's a tough place to play their last seven wins in conference they've won those games by double digits I mean Iowa has yep. that great combo you know of, of uh, Garza and Weiskamp can they overcome Michigan because just Michigan's team is just a machine right now yeah, I uh, I feel like Michigan last year kind of tricked me because of the battle for Atlantis, they shocked the world. They you know, they kind of upset everybody, went on a little run, and, uh, you know, they got my attention, and I bought into, you know, the Jawan Howard era, and, you know, they kind of fizzled as the season wore on. So this year, you know, I had my guard up <laughs> with mm-hmm. Michigan. I You know, every single game that they won, I was like, well, let's see when they play so-and-so. Um, 
and they have been able to sort of weather the storm all season. I think Franz Wagner, who is uh, you know, the little brother of Moritz Wagner, mm-hmm. who we remember now plays on the Wizards, uh, you know, I think he's a great piece for them. He is a point forward type player. They have some, you know, transfer Shondi Brown, who they got from Wake Forest, who I always liked at Wake Forest. He's a tough kid. Um, he's come in and been a nice piece for them. Um, they are by far the favorites. In fact, I'll say this, Harry. If mm-hmm. I were, I would take Michigan to win the Big Ten, and I would take Michigan to win the Big Ten tournament. Wow, very and, and, strong. And, and and I don't and I don't think that I don't think that that means that I would favor them in March Madness. If that makes any sense, I mean, to, no. I, I believe them. I believe them in the Big Ten. I think they've always fared well in the Big Ten tournament. We remember. I mean, even the B line teams mm-hmm. did really well, of course. Um, so I like them in the tournament, um, but in the big tournament, I feel like at that point they've gone through the whole gauntlet, which is probably you know it's kind of the problem with the Big Ten. They beat each other up, sure. then they get to the big dance, and you know they they have now waited 21 years for you know a national champion, as we all know. So um, I like Michigan to win, uh, if if not the Big Ten overall, maybe Iowa makes a run. Um, I like them to win the tournament, so I, okay. I, I believe in Michigan, and I think they're going to be a one seed as well. So. Um, Congrats to Jawan Howard, wow. Harry. That's uh, great. That was that was a quick turnaround. Quick turnaround. Well, speaking of the tournament, Darren, you got a question for him, right? For Tate. Well, yeah, I, I do, Tate. Let's just get back to like the way the season is playing out right now. What do you feel about the changes yep. in the tournament itself? Uh, with some of these day changes, uh, you know, the alignment of the tournament. Uh, is it going to hurt? Does it hurt? Or is it still going to be uh, as every bit as good as the tournament has ever been? Once we get there, what are your feelings about that? Yeah, I think uh, there's like a two, there's two sides to it, right? I think for the the casual fan and for the uh, NCAA and for the marketing partners and for the people that want to make money on March Madness, it's going to be different, right? It's not going to feel like it usually does. And I think a lot of people are going to, you know, without the fans there and just the fanfare in general, I think it's going to make things a little bit different. And we're going to be in Indiana. We all know that. So I think from that perspective, there's going to be like a little bit of a, you know, catching up grace period, whatever you want to call it, where sort of like with the NBA playoffs, you know, you play in the fall and everyone's like, why are the ratings down? Why does this feel Mm -hmm. different? It's like, because this, this isn't right. You know, this isn't normal. This isn't people. People do things based on holidays and schedules and and, and mile markers in life. So we know when March hits, this is going to happen. But I think what they did was actually create a cool opportunity for the Sweet 16. Um, I don't know how much you guys have seen, like, the details of, of the way that they map the games. But basically, for the first time ever for the Sweet 16, we're going to have all the games consecutively, all yeah. four games on Saturday and Sunday. Mm-hmm. So instead of having to pick between, you know, I remember when, uh, you know, UCLA upset Adam Morrison. There was another game. I can't remember what it was, but there was another uh, crazy Sweet 16 game going on. And you had to kind of pick and choose between the two. Mm -hmm. So this will be the first time, based on the switch, that we get to watch all four games, you know, in a row. Uh, There's no flicking back and forth. There's no second screen experience unless you're tweeting like I will have to be. (laughs) Um, You know, it, it is... I think that is going to be the day that weekend, you know, the sweet 16 weekend, Saturday and Sunday where everyone is all watching the games together, where it's going to feel Mm -hmm. awesome. You know, I think that'll be like the one weekend where we're all fired up and we're like, this is March madness. This is great. This is fun. But you know, there will be some other pieces, like I mentioned before, the crowd and things like that, that'll obviously throw us off and skew things. But that one weekend in the sweet 16 will be fun. But what about with the schedule, with also the schedule though, uh, Tate, and the dates they're going to be involving uh, the second round. Uh, it's playing out on Monday on March 22nd. Um, the yep. elite eight is playing out on Monday and a Tuesday, March 29th and 30th. Uh, yeah, we're so accustomed to Thursday, Friday, Saturday, yeah. Sunday. Um, how would you think this is going to take in terms of um, ratings with basketball, college basketball on a Monday and a Tuesday night? I think, I like like I was saying earlier, it's holidays. So it's like those two days, like you're supposed to be holidays, like going into the weekend, Thursday, Friday, like you're saying. So when we put them at the front of the work week and it's different, you can't expect the casual fan to know that. You know what I mean? As much as, you know, the press releases and, you know, we'll remind you during the games that the next game is this day, just inherently people are wired to think football comes on on Sunday at this time. You know what yeah, I mean? So definitely. Um, when you 
when you mess with those things, I think you you obviously have a problem. I don't I don't mind you know the the maneuvering of the schedule. It makes sense based on all the teams being there and trying to be as safe as possible. But you know this is not a bubble. Um, I just want to remind people of that there, there could be some weird situations, uh, you know, in Indiana where a team, you know, that's in the Elite Eight is going to have to take a Paul. I mean, who knows? You know, I mean, knock on wood, hopefully none of that stuff happens. But mm-hmm. if it does, that would be uh, probably the worst case scenario for the tournament, obviously. Um, and they're, they're just like trying to make something happen because, like I said, the revenue loss of last year, Coach K said it in the offseason, they have to have a tournament um, no matter what. So they're they're doing all they can to make it work. Um, you know, Michigan, who I mentioned earlier, they just had to shut down all sports for 14 days. Sure. Yeah. So a, t- a team a team that's going to be a one seed, like I just said, that's probably going to win the Big Ten. You know, they're going to go completely, you know, off for 14 days and then have to turn it back on. And we've seen some teams be great when they yeah. turn it back on. Florida State, Florida State's one of those teams. But we've also seen teams fall off the face of the earth when they've had to come back, like Clemson. So. It's hard to even judge what a team looks like based on these pauses. So it's uh, that's what I would say. As an analyst of college basketball, you guys, it has been uh, just trying to keep up with who's on, who's off, who's on pause, who's sick, uh, who's playing, what games are canceled. <laughs> you know, it's uh, it's been tough. We we, we so tough. it's been tough. Like we had Gus Johnson on. Yeah, we had Gus Johnson on. Uh, Titus and I did, mm-hmm. and he was going to call. You know, an MLK day, Notre Dame was going to play at Howard. It was going to be this whole event. Gus Johnson goes back to his alma mater, you know, and I'm fired up for that game. I'm, I'm like, this is going to be great. You know, you know, the week before the inauguration, this would be good for America to kind of have this moment. And then, you know, wake up that morning, boom, postponed. You know, yeah. that's, I, I feel like that's happened a lot. Like the, the Hauser brothers earlier, the ACC Big, Big Ten Challenge, they were supposed to play each other. Joey Hauser of Michigan State, Sam Hauser of Virginia. It's going to be the Hauser Bowl. We're going to have the brothers face each other, see who's the best. They both claim to be the best. Wake up in the morning. It's postponed and canceled. Uh, you know? yeah. It's like it's 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 that kind of season, unfortunately. Michigan State's gone through a lot in the last couple of weeks. Absolutely. Yep. I did a. Yeah. I, They're on the bubble now. Yeah. I mean, think about that. Like yeah. Michigan State was supposed to be a team to be, you know, competing to win the Big Ten, and now they're the first four in. I think is the last time I saw. I do a show, uh, so. Tate, on in uh, in Lansing, uh, Couch in the Rube every uh, every Wednesday. I did a little earlier today, and <laughs> we went over uh, Michigan State Rutgers tomorrow. But they just don't know how to. We didn't. They didn't know how to think about it because they haven't. They lost the game to Purdue at home by a point. Yep. And they haven't played since, you know, with all, they've been off for uh, basically, you know, uh, another two and a half weeks. So it's very difficult to see, like you just mentioned, how teams are going to come out. The best teams could come out terrible and you never and then the worst teams come out great just because you never know because of the situation. Yeah. And it's I mean, as we all know, I mean, that's the beauty and the curse of the NCAA sure. tournament. It's one game. So it's yeah. like if Texas comes out and they're just not on it, even though they're one of the best teams all year. And I think Texas should be a one seed, in my opinion, even though they just lost to Oklahoma. Um, you know, they, they have one bad game open up and they, they're coming off a pause or something like that. They're immediately knocked off. So, yeah, yeah, it's it's a lot to keep up with. It's a lot to, you know, sort of digest and try to. Uh, keep people engaged. I think sure. that's the hardest part, just trying to keep people, you know, keeping up with the sport, especially when you have Kentucky. Kentucky's terrible. I, don't, I mean, I, Kentucky's it, terrible. Kansas can't Duke's shoot. Terrible. Kansas, Kansas is one of the worst shooting teams in the country. Yeah, and Kansas like wants to like Marcus Garrett now wants to play like half court like Tony Bennett basketball for some <laughs> reason. I don't, you know, mm-hmm. I mean, they're, uh, the it, the blue bloods are a mess, and then you know you have UCLA. UCLA has been a bright spot, I I'll, think, for uh, you know for the traditional know. powers. But like you know, we all we all know the cachet of UCLA isn't isn't the same that it was in say 1995. So right, but I was just going to mention to you Tate too. I mean, I I love Chris Smith on that team. Uh, they are eight and one uh, in conference. I was going to ask you a question, little little toss up here. Like, who's more poised? Do you think to make a tourney run? The Pac-12 leading UCLA Bruins or the SEC leader Alabama Crimson Tide, who isn't just a football school anymore. Not a football school. Yeah, one of those weird random times where we could have the national champion in football and in basketball. And uh, I think a lot of people, myself included, I saw Alabama, you know, at the Maui Invitational in Asheville. Um, I saw them up close in person. I was not impressed, guys. Mm-hmm. I, uh, I, <laughs> I did not see... I did not see much, and I definitely didn't see much out of Nate Oates. And um, since that period, they have been on a tear. Um, ten, you know, they take, have ten, ten, ten wins in a row, and they do play at Oklahoma on Saturday. 
And Oklahoma's a tough draw for them. So that actually will be a good game. Um, Oklahoma, I think, 24 in the country right mm-hmm. now. But the, the reason that Alabama is the right answer, Harry, uh, to, to, to answer your question about UCLA versus Alabama, it's Alabama can shoot the three ball. Alabama shoots 42% from three mm-hmm. uh, in the SEC as a team right now. They've made 252 uh, three so far on the season. Um, they basically lead the SEC in every category that matters. Um, you know, steals, points, rebounds, whatever it may be. Um, they are a legitimate team. They're deep. They have senior leaders. Said John Petty Jr. Um, is a guy that we should all kind of keep an eye on. Shackleford's good too, right? Tournament. Shackelford's yeah. great. Uh, Quinterly um, is the five-star kid that transferred from Villanova. He's had a couple injuries, but you know he's been a nice piece for them. Herb Jones, Herb Jones has been another guy who's been around the program. Uh, I think Avery Johnson brought him in. He's been Ooh, a, nice, he's, you know, the, a full a full senior. Um, so Alabama's a legitimate team. I think they're going to win the SEC. I'm not sure if they win the SEC tournament. I think uh, the sleeper team in the SEC tournament as we get closer is Auburn. Yeah. Um, and funny enough, Alabama reminds me of the 2019 Auburn team that made the Final Four. Um, so I could see Alabama and Auburn being the the kind of the two teams to keep an eye on the tournament. Sharif Cooper uh, just got back from Auburn. He was a freshman that was out all year, five star guy, wasn't supposed to play, you know, and somehow got you know Bruce Pearl pulled you know rabbit out of his hat and got him got him back into the game, and he's averaging like 24 wow. and 12 nice. right now. Um, and has been amazing. So Auburn's a sleeper team. Alabama's the best team in the SEC. And UCLA, uh, I like UCLA, but they are not. I, I would not worry Speak- about them in the tournament. Like, if you draw UCLA, mm-hmm. you're, you're going to be happy if you're Speaking a of team. legitimate teams, Tate, uh, is this number six Houston team legitimate? Uh, are they a legitimate team? Is this somebody we should look out for? I mean, right now, I'm, just, I'm looking at FanDuel I- um, odds to win the championship. And then I... I can't even find Houston in these uh, top 10 odds uh, to win a championship at this point. So is this number six ranking? I say, a I'm, at 20, I say I'm at tw- 20 to one, Darren. You see him at 20 to one? Well, you, you're yeah. seeing something a little different than I am because I, I, I do not see it on FanDuel right now. I'm, I'm basing it on FanDuel. Mm. Oh, wait, you know what? There we go. I just had to click the arrow. 20 to mm. one. So they're about, uh, yeah, 20 to one odds, number six team. Uh, are we getting good value at twenty to one there, Tate? Um, uh, with this team, Ooh. I'll I'll say I, this, Tate. Before you continue, this is a team that yeah, eleven yeah. of thirteen wins they've won by double digits. But it's, it's kind of hard to see how they're really doing it. They're only shooting forty two percent from the field as a team, thirty four percent from three. Uh, I know the uh, American Athletic Conference isn't the greatest. Connecticut went back to the Big East where they belong uh, this past year. But still, what is the deal with Houston at, at thirteen and one, nine and zero at home? Are they legit, Tate? I think so, because I, I believe in Kelvin Sampson. I think Kelvin yeah. Sampson is a really good basketball coach, and I think that he has somehow been written off um, as someone that we, we should not talk about. Or you know, I've he's always said he's a sleazebag. <laughs> yeah, exactly. That, that That's how most people <laughs> feel Jim about Bayheim him. Here. So, like, you know. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> There you go. See, they like, do, do, and, and that's how hey, I listen, feel. Do, do the stu- have the students gone back to school yet and gone to classes at UNC yet? I'm just wondering. <laughs> uh, look, we never win, Harry. Didn't you hear? Uh, we, we... I know. You keep keep Roy around. I don't know. <laughs> I'll answer about Houston and North Carolina. We we love academics, Harry. Uh, Texas Tech. Uh, Houston beat Texas Tech early in the year. Texas Tech is number 14 in the country. Uh, they almost beat West Virginia the other night on the road at Morgantown. Mac McClung's been great for them. I love Chris Beard, who obviously went to the title game the last time we had a tournament. Um, Houston beat them up, you know, upset them earlier in the season. Uh, Houston has some, you know, pretty quality wins. They won at UCF. UCF is a team that beat Florida State. Um, you know, SMU is a solid team in the conference. Wichita State's pretty solid. Memphis is pretty solid. Um, so they, you know, it's not the worst as far as like the conference this year. Um, I, I think that Quentin Grimes, who they have, is their best player this yeah. year. He tr- he transferred from Kansas. He's a five star kid. You know, you have a blue chipper. Um, the only thing that is a little interesting about their team is that the AAC preseason player of the year was on Houston. Uh, his name's Caleb Mills. Caleb Mills, mm-hmm. and uh, he transferred. Um, at the start of the new year. So they lost the AAC player of the year, but they don't really need him because, you know, they've been rolling with the guards that they have. They kind of had too many guards. They almost had a problem. So Mills is transferring to Florida State, funny enough. And uh, Houston is not a national championship team, but they do have, like, the uh, 
after what Michigan did, you know, remember the shot by Jordan Poole you sure. know, in 2019? Yeah. Or 2018? Um, you know, that second round upset, I think that they have good faith in the tournament coming up. You know, I think they, they, they are owed something good to happen to them. So I could see Houston going to the Elite Eight or Houston, you know, having a, a you know, a pretty successful Sweet 16 run. But I think 20 nice. to 1 is not value. There's no value in 20 gotcha. to 1. Because I don't think they're going to win the championship, unfortunately. But uh, if they do, I'll eat my words. <laughs> well, speaking of the championship, listen, we're going to, uh, listen, I know we just talked about Gonzaga. We'll get back to that in a second. But on FanDuel, they are plus 280. Just plus 280 to win uh, the 2021 NCAA Men's Basketball Championship. Baylor is at 5-1. to one. Nova's at 9-1. to one. Michigan, who we spoke about, 11-1. to one. Iowa, 13. Your Texas uh, Longhorns, Tate, are 14-1. to one. And Illinois sitting at 17. Wisconsin at 17, too. Um, looking at this and knowing what Baylor's done this year, uh, they have balanced yep. scoring. Jared Butler has been getting 17 a game. Tate, this team is shooting over. Also, I know we'd said 55% for Gonzaga, but they, they're, they're big down low and they get a lot of easy hoops. Baylor shooting over 50% as a team. Um, undefeated, like I said, in conference at 7-0. Undefeated overall at 14-0. Yep. Can they somehow take down Gonzaga if they met in the finals? I I think that I, I think that would be the best case scenario for college basketball, Harry. Mm-hmm. My uh I would love a situation. What, what, what about? Where, let me let me just ask, let me throw this in. Okay, that scenario: Gonzaga yeah. versus Baylor. But what if you throw in an Iowa with Luca Garza, who's putting up sick, sick numbers, and the team just he's carrying the team on his back, and he's putting in thirty and fifteen every night for college for a college basketball champion. That makes for a nice story too. I like the idea. My final four, my my best case scenario, final four for this season uh, would be Gonzaga, Baylor, Iowa, and Texas. That would be my that would be my final four mm. that I that I would enjoy the most. And I would love for you know Baylor to play Iowa on the one side, you know, a rematch game, and then Gonzaga to play Texas on the other side. And then you know, I think Gonzaga and Baylor are the better team, so they win, and then they play in the championship game. I, I think that would be. You know, if all the stars align and the best teams make it to the Final Four, that would be the setup. And that's no disrespect to Michigan. That's no disrespect to Villanova. That's no disrespect to Houston. Um, I just think after watching those four teams, especially Texas, I do. I do think that um, you're high on Texas. Everyone, yeah. everyone is on. Yeah. yeah, everyone's underrating Texas, and I think Iowa. Um, they have uh, Iowa has the, the most prolific offense in the country, and if they get rolling. They're hard to stop, and even when they have an off night, they still have Luca Garza to put up twenty five and fifteen. Sure. So I mean, it's it's hard to really to, to parse that and get past that. And I think all those teams have the guard play to get there as well. Um, you know, I, I I like Jared Butler. I could see Baylor winning the championship. To be honest with you, um, if they meet up with Gonzaga, because I think Gonzaga will not have played a, a team of that caliber. Yeah. Um, you know, I. So uh, in that long, I should say, not that they didn't play him earlier in the season, but it'll be, you know, two, three months since they've seen a team like that. Um, But, but, you know, maybe they play Texas in the final four in the scenario that I'm making up and that kind of gets them up to par. And then Gonzaga proves that they are in fact the best team, but I would love to see those two teams play each other. I think that that would be great for college basketball. Um, You know, and, and as far as like just having those two programs be, the you know the new bloods that's what they're all calling it yeah. now. we got the blue bloods and the new bloods and to have the new bloods be in a title game and it's not Gonzaga versus Carolina or Gonzaga versus Kansas or Gonzaga versus Duke you know it's Gonzaga versus Baylor and uh, whoever wins it's a win for college basketball because it shakes up the you know the the sort of formula that we have going where it's the same kind of guys that win every single year yeah, that is true. Well, listen, Tate, that is fantastic stuff. I love me and Parley kid love talking hoops with you. Wow. Uh, and before we let you get out here, before uh, we've got the Super Bowl in a week and a half, and yep. you being a Carolina guy, a Carolina Panthers fan, the NFC yes. South, obviously with the Tampa Bay Bucks making it to the Super Bowl, uh, Brady two and zero lifetime against the NFC South in the Super Bowl as he beat your Panthers. And uh, he also beat uh, um, the, Falcons. the Falcons in that 28-3 comeback. Uh, yep. What is your call here? Are you leaning with the South? Or are you leaning with Brady and the Bucks against the Chiefs plus the three points? 
I uh, I am 100% pulling for the Buccaneers. I should say that. I uh, I have always been on this weird corner that I think the NFC South is the most underrated division in football. Um, I think that they have obviously proved that over the years with the Saints and the Falcons and the Panthers, even just this decade. You know, all three of those teams have made it to the Super Bowl. Um, I like Brady. I like the fit in Tampa Bay. I I kind of just enjoy, you know, the way that this team, you know, it's, I, I just felt like the whole year we were all like, there's no way this is going to work, you know? And when they were seven and five, we all kind of got that moment of like, see, yeah, we right. knew this could work, you know? And, uh, and, you know, we saw Tony Romo, who you guys love so much, and Sal obviously, you know, knows and everything. And, you know, he called that they would make it to the Super Bowl that week, you know? And I, I see things like that, and that kind of throws me off. Um, and it makes me like this team even more. Chris Godwin is one of my favorite mm-hmm. uh, players in football. I'm a big fan of him. So uh, I like the Bucks. I'm pulling for the Bucks. I I do not foresee them winning this game though, Harry. I, I think this is going to be. Um, I, I have a sneaky bet for you though. That mm-hmm. that's probably the biggest long shot of all time. Uh, the first score of the game. Uh, it's Chiefs any score uh, plus five thousand, and uh, I have it in my head. I see it in my mind. A Tom Brady safety early in this game. Ooh, uh, like a bot a botch snap. Like the, it's like, like the, the Peyton like Manning, the Peyton, it, like the Peyton Manning against uh, against the Seahawks exa- in the Super Bowl. Yeah, I, I see that. So like that that's my Chiefs any other score. So a safety wow. on the first play plus five thousand. Darren, um, listen to what Tate's giving out here. Listen, that's I, that's that's what I got. Parlay kid, Harry. This guy is amazing. He, listen, we just heard so much basketball information. This He is, and I'm not saying this because Tate's our friend, he is the preeminent voice <laughs> in college basketball. There is nobody that knows well, more than this guy in the country, and I know he's already has a big role established, yeah. but he should have even a bigger role. This guy, with his, Darren, with his he, model he, good looks and his knowledge, <laughs> he should be, he should, Tate should be on CBS he, he's amazing. or whatever it is. Doing some type of uh, 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 you know the pregame, the postgame. He it's amazing. Yeah, we're hoping so. So, Harry, he is amazing. Yep. And look, not just basketball. Tate knows all (laughs) every sport. He could talk about any sport, and I like that. I blows, like, I, Darren, I Darren, I, blows I, me away about everything. And when we were in Dallas a couple of years ago, <laughs> me and Tate just shooting the breeze about nineteen. How old are you, Tate? You're twenty eight now. Right, 27? Yeah, 20, 28, 27, 27. Blew me yeah. away, Darren, with the knowledge that he knew of the NBA from the 1980s. Blew me away. I still can remember it like I a mean, Harry, I was I couldn't believe it. When you were 27, you were Harry, cleaning urinals at well, the Red Rock at that time when you were 27 years old. <laughs> and, and Tate, I kind of was. I mean, <laughs> That's uh, that that's uh that's all very nice. I really appreciate you guys saying that. I uh, I was just thinking, Harry, when you were saying that 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 whole trip in Dallas and Fort Worth that was that was one of those moments where uh, you know it, it was like you had to pinch yourself because I was like I don't know how long I was going to be at the Ringer at that point, uh, and it was uh, it was just great to be out in the real world with you guys. Out in and, the real uh, world in the humidity in, in Fort Worth, Texas, where I whether were the oh, where the uh, it was a great time. The, the 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 person who was working at the front desk at the uh, the hotel <laughs> we're staying at messed with me. Uh, the di- the two dinners with Ken at the dinners were incredible. <laughs> the, I mean, you couldn't just it was just yeah. it was craziness. It was. Great. Right. It, Matthew Barry being like I, Matthew Barry somehow thinks of himself as Tom Cruise or like someone as big of a star <laughs> right. as that. I learned yeah, that, yeah, that yeah. weekend. <laughs> it was great. It was a lot of fun. So well, t- listen, real uh, you know, with with you taking Tampa, so real quick, so that means you're probably if in terms of because uh, a lot of places, including FanDuel, have the MVP odds out too, and uh, yep. and, and last I checked, uh, Tom Brady was plus one sixty. I'm taking a look right now, maybe to see, but um, two plus is, two twenty you know, obviously Super Bowl odds right now. Plus two twenty. Wow. Wow. I like that wow. because I mean, so honestly, is who, Mahomes is Mahomes the favorite? I'm guessing. Mahomes is minus one oh five. Yeah, on Fanduel. Okay, got it. Got it. Wow. So that's that's interesting because I mean, if the if the Patriots, I mean the Patriots, <laughs> if the Buccaneers win it, who else can it be? It's, I mean, Fournette, maybe, maybe I was thinking, I was thinking maybe a defensive player like Devin White, who missed the Washington game in the last two weeks. He's had, he's been all over the place yep. with 25 tackles. He's got a pick. He's got two That's fumble recoveries. Uh, but would they really give it to a defensive player over Brady? I just think if, if you like right. Tampa, taking Brady for MVP is a way to go. 
Yeah, the quarterback I think has won eight of the past eleven uh, MVPs in the Super Bowl, so that that's like a good stat. Brady won when they played the Falcons. Um, I have a long shot pick that I like, and it's probably because I'm a little bit biased, but I like Chris Godwin. Mm-hmm. Um, I like Chris Godwin at thirty to one odds. I like the idea of Chris Godwin having like you know a hundred and seventeen hundred to you know thirty some yards, two touchdowns, and maybe like a clutch touchdown at the end of the game, very like Santonio Holmes style. Mm-hmm. Sure. Um, How about that catch he, he made about so- Green Bay in the first? How great was that yeah. catch? I mean, plays like that I, yep. could do it. I, that. I think, and I think he is like uh, a well-known enough personality on the team that if he has some of those big moments, that he could get the the you know the nod, I guess. Mm-hmm. But and like you said, Harry, if they win, if the Bucks win, there's no way Brady doesn't get it. So if you think the Bucks are going to win, right. just bet I Brady. think and TP, that's great advice because Darren, have you decided yet who well, you like? Look, I think that's great advice by Tate. If you like the Bucks, they're plus one forty-five on the money line, and Brady's plus two twenty. Um. Did that number move? No, did I just say 220? Yeah, he's plus 220. Uh, 220. Uh, to win MVP. So if if you're gonna if you like the Bucks at plus 145 on the money line, you might as well just take Brady at plus 220. Most likely win it. Godwin is 34 to one. Uh, I I think you get good value on those other long shots. You could put a little money on an Evans or a Godwin, uh, possibly to win it. Uh, you know, Harry, I think. Here, too, we've seen Kelsey had some huge games. Tyreek Hill. Uh, Tyreek Hill, mm. plus uh, he's 14-1, to 1, and Kelsey's 16-1 to 1 for MVP yeah. odds. I mean, uh, I think, I mean, look, Darren, like I mentioned on Against All Odds, if, if, if Hill were to have a game like he did in the first time against Tampa Bay, remember, that was the game where he went for 269 well, right. and three if, touchdowns. If you, have, I mean, if you yep. have a receiver here that goes 160-170, with two touchdowns, uh, and that could very well be a Tyree kill at fourteen to one. I think that's very good value. Yeah, I could see Tyree kill winning it as well. I, I think that would be just because I think a lot of people. It does seem at, at the time like I saw Stephen A. this week just talking about how fast he is, yeah. you know. And then I saw someone like tweeting about challenging him to a race, you know. He's, like I think yes, he's getting some he of is. that. Like You're right. Yeah, that we're talking about the cheetah and how fast the yes. cheetah is. You know what I mean. And if he is, if he has like a fifty-five yard bomb, or he just you know speeds by somebody like he always does. You know that that's that's the biggest play of the game. And then Mahomes won it it's, last year, right? right? So I can see them mm-hmm. kind of just splitting exactly. it up. Yeah. yeah. Well, geez, I like that. That is good. That is like good. That. Tate, listen, hey, I'll let you get out of here. Me and Parlay Kid will let you get out of here. Thanks for coming on. Uh, we miss you, man. Uh, we love checking out your stuff. Anything else out there? What What do you got to plug? What do you What do you need to say? Yeah, I, uh, I I obviously miss you guys. I love doing this. I'm around. If you need anything for college basketball, I will come on. And uh, I would love to come back on Against All Odds. Jim Cunningham is actually texting me right now, begging for me to add him to the phone call. And just for that, <laughs> I will not do it. Uh, Tell, tell, I will not do it. Tell him to get us. Uh, to tell us to get us. Uh, you know, uh, a uh, get you an award, an right? award yeah. of some sort. Yeah, then we'll then we'll uh, throw him in. <laughs> there you go. All right. I don't want him. I, I don't want. Well, I don't want him being on here in case he's afraid of Bill or anything either. So. Yeah, 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 yeah. You know how it is. Yeah, you know yeah, is. yeah. Well, yeah. We, uh, I, 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 uh, I love being on with you guys. I appreciate you guys. This has been a lot of fun. Um, like I said, Against All Odds is is one of the you know best shows that I will ever probably work on in my life. Most fun that I've had. You know, working on something with a group of people. And uh, as far as like things look out for Titus and Tate, uh, the podcast we do that twice a week. It's on Fox Sports. Go check that out. Pushing through, like you said, BJ Armstrong and I, we talk twice a week. BJ um, tells me everything that the NBA people act like they know. Um, mm. BJ tells me what actually is happening in the NBA, and it's it's very funny to see the media versus reality, but you know that's a whole separate story. Um, and then uh, I'm working on a documentary right now, a, oh a series for uh, Slam Magazine and for Spring Hill, uh, LeBron James's company. So um, it is on the five-star basketball camp. Um, yes. and that will be hopefully coming out in the next few months. So that is, uh, that, that, those are the updates. That's all I got guys. That is wonderful. Tate. Awesome. Wonderful. Awesome. Fantastic, man. Good for yep. you, buddy. Yep. Well, thanks, thanks again, guys. pal. Thanks, Tate. Of course. Always talk to you soon, pal. Man, Tate. Perfect. Hey, appreciate y'all. You too. See you, Tate. Thanks tell, tell Titus we say hey yep. too. I will. All right. I will. He wants to come on. He wants to come on against oh. the odds like during, like oh, what yeah. we used to do for oh, yeah. March Madness. Lovely. So we'll see yeah. if we can figure that we'll out. Let, oh yeah. We'll definitely let Sal know. Parlay kid. Hey, listen. What else you got going on this listen, week? What, what do you I got, got going, going on, TPK? I don't know. You know what? It's 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 kind of a weird week. I'm kind of like 
down out of the fact that there's no football this week. You know, I'm kind of like, mm. uh, I, I'm, I'm, I'm a little bummed about that. You know what? Like, where can I put my focus on? But I, it's, I got to get prepared because football's almost over. But once football's over, then then you can really start focusing on college basketball, right? You know, yeah. I still got my, yeah, yeah. you know. I, I look, Darren. Yesterday, yesterday I went. I went to take a look at what was available, what was left for the night, and whatever. At about five my time, I looked at the hockey. I looked at the. Uh, I looked at the college hoops and the NBA, and I'm like, you know what? Just tonight, not tonight. And I put. I didn't bet anything. Well, Harry, let me tell you something. You know, I, I, I I've been getting some good ones. I had Doncic uh, triple double the other night. I had uh, last night. Mm-hmm. Was able to jump on this. Uh, I thought the Avs were primed for a big game, and bam! No, I told. By the way, seven night, goals. Great call on the Avs. Uh, I kind of like that. I, I, that was that was your be- that was your best, best bet on Shark Tank on Shark uh, Tank against and all my odds. Extra point pick. So, but let me tell you something. I, I look. We've been very fortunate, Harry. Um, you know, when Sal brought us on this onto his podcast um, almost four years ago now, I believe. Is it four? Or mm-hmm. are we going on? Is it four years? I think it's four. I think it's f- at least four, if it's not five. Uh, um, I'm going to say, yeah, it's going to be four years in April. One of the best people we could have ever met. And think about it. He was only 24, 25 years old at the time. I mean, Tate Frazier is as good as they come. His uh, yep. his parents obviously did an excellent job with that, with him. I mean, what a great, mm-hmm. what a what a great man. Uh, and he's, I mean, geez, he's going places. Gee, he's got. He's phenomenal, He's and honestly, and I'm I'm not I'm not just saying this. I mean, geez, he could have he, he could talk for uh, you know 24 oh. straight hours about college basketball and rattle off one thing after another. He knows every yeah. single team. It is incredible. Uh, the insight. He's 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 amazing, and we're very fortunate that you know we've come across guys like him and. And uh, Jim Cunningham and Joel uh, Solomon, not just us. You know, we've been very fortunate sure. that we've been able to, uh, you know, really get to know some of these guys. And they're just really everybody's sell. I've uh, been spot on with these with these guys. They're great, great people and uh, great people. Fun so to much work fun. With. Everyone's yeah. it's fun. And and uh, I went out and like, I don't know if you, I've already started reading Sal's book. Uh, people out there listening to to Best Bet Corner. Uh, Sal came out with releases book. You can't lose them all. Yesterday, uh, he was on Jimmy Kimmel last night, as Tate mentioned earlier. Sal was fantastic. Yeah, it was great. Uh, it was great. The cover of the book says it all. It's hilarious. <laughs> He's uh, basically giving over his, his own kid uh, to the <laughs> poker table, which is, do you notice at the bottom too, there's a, there's a cockfighting going yeah, on too yeah. at the same time, well, which is, it's so, it's, it's tremendous. Hey, and, uh, and you're in the book. I'm in the oh, book. Yeah, you're, uh, you're featured because um, I'm a whole, you know, uh, I'm plenty. Uh, I'm in there plenty. Yeah. Uh, a little too much. Well, Oh, look, even Kenny Boyd, look, even Kenny Boyd's in there. You know, you, uh, you know, you, uh, you know, I've known Sal longer than you, but his Sal's gambling career start kind of started with you, and uh, it kind of did. Know, so, like, you really, know, what's funny is, you know, it's really uh, where you really are the main uh, guy uh, here, and uh, it was great. Yes, yeah, Sal, it was a great interview with Jimmy. A lot of fun. Um, it's funny, yeah, and uh, you know, it was. Uh, it was good, kind of talking about that type, you know, s- stuff yesterday, and we uh, on the uh, two days ago on the Against All Odds podcast, and it's uh, what a what a people go go out and buy the book. It's it's great. There's a lot of it's, uh, just good stories, funny stories, and it's very relatable to um, anybody. I don't even think you have to gamble or, or wager. Right. But I, I did tweet out yesterday. You know, the title of the book: You Can't Lose Them All. And, uh, you know, as I said in my tweet, I said, well, so I, I, that title's, you know, is false. Well, we, we can certainly lose them all, Harry. Am I right? <laughs> I, I know. Jeez. Oh. There are times we feel I like mean. we'll never, we're never going to win. Right. So, so true. It, it's so good. And uh, I'm proud of Sal. Um, you know, yeah. and uh, it's great, Harry, because, you know, we, we all live uh, in our separate places, but Sal was able to bring us all together and, um, is there anything better than talking sports and game? I mean, is is nothing I mean, better than it? Nothing better than it. It's just, it's just so good, and then we're and we get you know to to so blessed to be you know get paid for it and uh, give our opinions and joke around and and it, it's it, it's it's wonderful. 
I mean, it just really is, you know, and uh, yeah, and Sal's been great. And uh, the whole ride has been it's fantastic. Awesome. Hasn't it's it? awesome. And, and uh, yeah, it's great. It was great having Tate brought back some just, you know, again, I'm not going back too far. Mm-hmm. I'm going back a year or two. Yeah. And uh, brought back some great memories. Just a great guy. And um, he's just, uh, man, I'm just yeah. blown away by his basketball knowledge. And this, Harry, he didn't have to, he he doesn't have, and we know this, he doesn't have, anything you asked him, he didn't know it beforehand. He, this guy is just, right. he just, you could ask him anything about I know he knows. Basketball. He knows. I mean, he told me, he told me, in, he told me in Fort Worth that him and his uncle and his dad would just sit around watching basketball, old, old films of, uh, of uh, the 80s Lakers Celtics and, 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 and Celtics Sixers with Dr. J uh, and Larry Bird and, he would, and he would, just, and all the L, all the LA stuff, all the Laker championship, and he would just focus and watch with his dad. And he knows these players like me and you know them. Now that's great that me and you know them, and we can still rehash the uh, the the rivalry between the Celtics and the Lakers in the eighties. But for a twenty eight year old to have to do that and know it, it cold, it just blew me away because he knew all the players, yeah, so he knew good. all the game scenarios, how they played out with Magic, how they played out with Worthy, how you know Kareem, Bird, Mikhail. Parish, he knew it all. Yeah. I blew me I'm away. I'm looking forward to having him and uh, Titus on uh, our Against All Odds podcast come uh, mm-hmm. uh, right around tourney time. Uh, that will be a, a, a big thing to get those guys on. Uh, they just know what they're, do- they're doing. That's for sure. Yep. Well, absolutely. It's just the, the, so far, they know their info. It's it's crazy how much they know in terms of college hoops. Well, like I said, Tate, Titus and Tate pod. You can also catch them at the uh, Pushing Through pod. Like again, with BJ Armstrong, uh, BJ Armstrong, ex NBA great with the Bulls. Um, thanks again. I'm going to give out some uh, kudos to producer Michael, your son, Darren. He's uh, now part of the NHL talk on extra points, yeah. uh, minus three podcasts minus as he three. talks hockey with, with, with uh, Dave Damashak and Eddie Spaghetti. Yep. Um, you can always catch us, uh, like I said, me, you, and brother Bry on. Uh, the Extra Points Podcast Network, Darren. We give out picks every single day. I do a silly video, or at least I try to. Also on Best Bet Corner, again, like I mentioned earlier, uh, you can always catch our articles. We have a nice golf contest. It's written by a good buddy of mine, Eric Cohen. Um, and you know Eric very well, too, Darren. Uh, we do a little golf contest every single week where we give out win- We try to give out winners in terms of uh, money, in terms of our golf contest. We have that up there on Best Bet Corner. I've been uh, putting up other picks. I'll have more picks for the weekend in college hoops and uh and other sports as well um so thanks to producer michael thanks again for tate coming on tate was fantastic as usual and uh tpk at the chalk talker right i'm at the chalk talker harry well listen uh d as always i wanted to say thanks for you as well always coming on we're trying to just give people a little bit more info some fun times uh, through tough times in life right now. It's still not over, still trying to get through it. So thanks again, D, for extra points, for Best Bet Corner. Uh, I'm Harry, your host, and we will have another episode, of course, next week on Best Bet Corner with me and the Parlay Kids. So, Darren, take care. Have a great weekend. Everybody, have a great weekend. And uh, we got, we'll have a, next week, we'll head into tons and tons and tons of Super Bowl prop talk. Oh, Can't yeah. wait for next week, Darren. We will have plenty of information. So, everybody, take care. See you later. Bye.